where does the the traveler who brings people into the into the underworld like where does he lead you do you do you follow him what happens yeah, next i started following him and i thought we were going someplace but we took a few steps and we're at the horizon he stuck his hands in the horizon and ripped it open and then he stepped up and out of this place and i didn't know what to do i just followed him he motioned me to come i didn't want to stay in there with these things i just said i got up and i came up on standing on that wide dusty road <clears throat> and i came out of a cube or a cell and the bible talks about chambers of death and, and it describes hell as a pit as a dungeon with cells in it and everything like that, the Bible actually does. Pretty much what I saw was the pit of hell. At the time, I had no idea what I was seeing. But I stood out of there. I was scared. I wanted to wake up, and I couldn't. And I also knew I deserved this place at the same time. So I'm, I'm sitting here trying to try. I can't process this. All I can do is follow this thing. And he got up, and he pointed to, to the road and things going on. I could see tornado vortexes dropping people off into the cells just like I was and I also saw a wide dusty road these gaggles of these hideous looking creatures these demons and demonic entities going walking around somewhere escorting people along this road escorting them into these cells it was very hot it was dry dusty but the dirt of the place felt like I was walking on rotted, rotted flesh but it was dusty very strange and it was, and you can see hot glowing rocks in different places too. And you can hear a roar of flame and it stunk. It, it, it smelled so bad. It, you could taste it. And it was so hot. It's like Bill Weiss would say, it's like your eyeballs are going to melt out of their socket. And, but it was, I'm walking in this place, following this thing. And so he took me to the center of this, where the road was. And it was a circular pit. And the best way I can describe it in a nutshell would be a spiral staircase. And a spiral staircase, the bricks were the, were the cells, and the cells were stacked six high and layered like a brick layer does in a circle. So behind the first few uh, cells, they'd open up in little, little V-shaped formations and in little rooms that further you go back. And so... I so you walked over there and I saw the tornado vortexes. I looked down, I looked up, and then the best way I can describe it was a bottomless pit, as far as I could see, either way. And he told me this was this was a grand place and they do this, that here, and he and he motioned me. It's all I wrote a book about this in the book. And so I walked over and followed him and he went back to the cubes. And then we got back to the cubes. All I could do was just stare. And he was in front of me and all these other creatures would come up and, and stuff. Um, it was very, um, you know, you just want to wake up. And so we look into two of these cubes and I could see people inside of these cells. And I was instantly granted there to know their life history in an instant. I don't know how to explain that. And uh, so I knew how they got there, when they got there, what year and time. And I could see inside the cell what was going on, but I also could see from the experience of what the person and what was going on inside at the same time. Very difficult to explain. That's why I had such a hard time writing the book. My um, first edition of the book was 40 pages long. I didn't know how to describe it. And so I took my old notes and went back and rewrote my book later on but um, to try to describe it even better. And so I, I was looking at this stuff transpiring and, and people were, were 
uh, was just degrees of recompense, just like the Bible says, there are just degrees of recompense, payback for how you gamed the system, gamed God, made life ugly. It's all coming back to you. And you're living in a never-ending nightmare, and that's what these people were. And I saw a lot of people. It was just a kaleidoscope of people walk by, instant thing. And sometimes we stopped. We would watch, look what was going on. And I could see, uh, I wrote about this person in the book. There was a professor writing on a blackboard. You know, I walked by there, and you, uh, he corrupted youth with his ideas. Never thought in the instance that there was any payback for what he was teaching. And I walked through another, and I saw a, um, a lecherous uh, fake minister who wasn't a minister. He was uh, basically looking to have his way with the young girls and ladies. And he, was, he died in the, in, in, I call it the Cane Patch Revival in, the, in Kentucky, in Virginia, and uh, area. And it was in the late or mid Early, well, early 1800s. You can you can research that time frame, and so he was involved in that. And he was at in his inside of his cell. He was a he was at a revival meeting, but nobody paid attention to him because they were demons. And sitting in chairs, even the chairs were demons. There all the props were, and they got up and chased him out, beating with a, a big black book. He, he thought he could run, but inside these cells are small, and as he run, the scenery would change. But I could see what was going on. It was like it was running on a treadmill. It would be similar to what you see inside, you know, much later on, the Star Trek Next Generation came along with the, what do you call it, the holodeck, sort of like that, that type of thing going on. And he was running, and then all of a sudden this entity came in, <clears throat> excuse me, this entity came down, went through the roof of this place, dropped down, and he had cloven hoofs and stuff, and, and almost like a talons too. And he put this, his, his bird-like leg with the stuffed cloven foot and these talons on his chest and start crushing the life out of him laughing and and then then it would begin all over again another scene would change and he was reaping what he sowed and everything that he took advantage of and stuff was coming back to haunt him saw people like this all over the place saw a woman who played with people's life like a cat does with a dead mouse that's why most people don't like cats because the gifts they bring in. I owned a cat. I agree. <laughs> I just don't like to have a kitty giving you a dead mouse, you know, just or a snake. That's even worse. <laughs> and it's still alive. But anyway, yeah, but this person would be like that toward people around there. I saw people from different time periods, history, saw uh, the high priestess lady who would, um, I didn't know at the time how much this correlated to ancient pagan religion. So at the time, I knew nothing about them. But she, she was in the temple outside of Corneth, and I knew that. And I looked it up, and there was one in Artemis or, or Diana, whichever one it was. And, and they would basically um, try to, you would, in the secret religion, you would, donate or give your firstborn to be burned or killed in order to acquire power so in order to avoid that they would give uh, by proxy have the temple prostitute get pregnant for them so they do the burning so they don't have to give up their firstborn they give it the firstborn and the prostitute so they're immune to the wrath of their so-called fallen angel gods i didn't know any of this but that's what she 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 did and so she was witnessing 
all these little entities of her kids coming after her, chewing on her, beating her up. And these entities came in, put her in a like a, a reclining chair. I won't say what it's for, but you mind all wonder. And so, and they were just ripping her to shreds. And then her body would come back and fall back into pieces, and it would repeat in another scene, just as vile and wicked. No horror movie could could convey what I saw. Those were the type of things that I saw. <clears throat> I'm going to do one more for quick reference. I don't want to take too much more time. And I always like to share this one, and it's in the book. It's called Deer Pudding. And and I, I named it Deer Pudding because this made a really impact because this was the longest one or two people that I stood the longest and watched. And this was one of them. It was the one that had the most impact. And I saw this tornado vortex walking along the road. It dropped this lady right down there. She knocked on the door. We're walking up to her. By the time we got to where she was, she went inside the cube. And I'm standing there. We stopped. Lizard, <clears throat> Lizard Breath and I stopped. And we're st- standing there. Entities were all around, screwing around on the you know, the cells are sort of stacked like a brick layer, but they were concave, so they're little ledges. So some of these would run along the ledges and stuff and say say things to you, and um, <laughs> they, they wanted to tear me to shreds. But anyway, at the same time, when that's happening, I'm looking into this cell, and so this lady comes there. She just died in 1980 in a car wreck, and she thought she, she was at a grandmother's house. And her grandmother opened the door, and I could see, again, inside what was going on, her perspective, and me standing outside at the same time. Very weird how to explain this. But so I'm, I'm watching this transpire, and so she's in, next thing, goes into this older-looking house, and Uncle Joe was there, her grandfather was there, and all, and all these aunts, uncles, and people she known died saying, welcome to paradise. That's why it struck me, because that was what they said to me when I entered this place. Welcome to paradise. You're going to enjoy this here. You have eternity here, dear pudding. That's, that was her name that her, her um, um, grandmother and her grandfather t- called her pudding. So dear pudding, that's, that's <laughs> what I said. And, you know, you have eternity here. Just, can't you feel the love? And I'm going, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, sometimes you think, looking back, you know, you're watching something far worse than a horror movie. Don't go through that door. You can't say any of that. And and she she's, you know, you're not in a nice place. Uh, you can't say any of that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm watching this transpire. And her grandmother says, you have paradise. This is paradise. You have eternity. Can't you feel the love? And she would say, oh, I feel the love. This is so lovely. This feels so wonderful. I, I, man, this is wonderful. Well, the love that she felt was an ooey gooey love. I can't really explain. It's a worldly love. It's deceptive, very deceptive. It was like somebody ready to trick you, and they're really going to tear you up. It, it, that type of fake love. And that's the nature of that place when these people entered there. They felt that. And she felt like this was something was really wonderful. And so the grandmother, or, which was actually an entity, I could see the grandmother as the entity and the grandmother at the same time, sort of transparentness. And so I looked at that transpiring and then they said let's go outside and walk through the kitchen to the back porch and walk down some stairs into the backyard but they thought they were moving or she thought she was moving but she was in this 10 by 10 or 14 by 14 foot cell it's in those dimensions and 
the floor would move like a treadmill like and she would walk and she look around and she's outside and her grandmother says you you love this place why don't you go rest under those this, your favorite spot over there by those trees i'm going to go inside and, and bake your favorite cookies you have all eternity here and the way the way the grandmother said that he had the evil grandmother look <laughs> i'm not kidding and she thought this was wonderful so she went over to her favorite spot which was by a stream and i gotta say this there is no water in hell she got by the stream she started hearing these noises and a little uneasiness she felt. She put her hand into the water, but there was no water. She pulled up sand, and then she realized she wasn't in a nice place. She felt the heat. She, then all of a sudden, the two trees were like pinnacle-like beings, and they reached over and grabbed her, and she shrieked. And people always ask me, so why? Well, she thought that she was a good person everybody in around her would say that she was a member of the pta and that she loved her kids and she baked goodies for everybody she was number one she always had to be in control and in charge and she was a very affable person people would say that uh, she, she deserves heaven not this place what they don't see or did not see is what her family saw in other people she was a very controlling dominating person and she would tell her kids, you will not be a truck driver. You will not be an astronaut. You will not be, a, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a dentist. And if you disagree with me, I'm going to beat you with this hairbrush. And that's what she did. And she was mean to her husband. She was vile. On the inside, uh, she was vile. She treated people wrong on the job. And one minute she's nice. The next minute she's a typical narcissistic personality disorder is what was displayed and she fooled so many people so she wasn't a nice person and it was like she realized just who she was and it came now i say this for this one reason if she was resuscitated which is through medical science you can be re resuscitated if she was resuscitated when she entered into that in grandmother's parlor and showed me outside at that moment uh she would be on oprah telling everybody to go to the light and that was my message. I think the Lord wanted me to convey uh, not all that glitters is gold. If it sounds too true, good to be true, then it is. Why would you trust a used car salesman selling you a lemon? Because he says so. No offense to used car salesmen out there. I know some good ones, but 